1: the primal podcast at primal hunting is more than just a hobby it's a way of life and whether you're an expert or just getting started primal can help make you a better hunter now here's your host mike avery
0: welcome once again to the primal outdoors podcast this company well I've used primal products for turkey hunting I've used them for deer hunting I've used them for bear hunting but and and now this spring coming up I've got a I've got an Ontario bear hunt of course turkey hunting here in Michigan in the springtime my outdoor adventures are pale compared with the adventures of our guest this time around he's a guy who I love to talk with here on the primal outdoors podcast His name is David Blanton, and you know David from Realtree. He's been an icon in the outdoor industry for so many years, and it just seems appropriate to bring him on this time of year and talk, I don't know, maybe turkey hunting and more. David, welcome back to the Primal Podcast. How are you?
2: Buddy, I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me again. I always enjoy, you know, taking time out to visit with you and and the audience. And, uh, sure, I think it would be totally appropriate to talk a little turkey hunting right now.
0: Where do we find you this time around, David?
2: Right now, I am in the lower part of South Carolina hunting with a good friend of mine. Uh, I've never videoed a turkey kill in South Carolina. I've I've never shot a bird in South Carolina this morning I ran camera I, I love running camera my passion is, is turkey is filming turkeys and that was my passion even before I went to work for Bill Jordan 32 years ago and uh, a lot of people don't know that but I just I'm passionate about video and turkeys and turkey hunts
0: well if I remember right you've told me the story before David about you got started in this whole outdoor industry behind a camera
2: for sure, 100%. I uh, We had a little local TV report. It wasn't really a, uh, an outdoor show back in the late 80s. There really weren't any of those. And uh, one thing led to another, and, and, and we started a little local regional show, and Bill Jordan saw it on, on the uh, TV station in his hometown of Columbus, Georgia, and... Um, a mutual friend introduced us, and, and we just hit it off. And at the time, Bill knew that Realtree, in its infant stages, needed to have a TV show at some point. And so I went to work for Bill to with the mission to start a TV show for Realtree. <laughs> well, well, Realtree Outdoors. It was the beginning of Realtree Outdoors. We finally got on air— in 1993 on the national network.
0: That story is a great example of being in the right place at the right time and maybe having a little divine intervention.
2: Well, the, the latter I was going to say uh it was all God's timing and God's direction and I did not even realize that at the time. It was God's hand was all over it and uh, you know, for believers like myself, I know that before the beginning of time, God has uh, very intricate, intricate plans for all of his children. And, and, and his plans for me was to to be in the outdoor industry and, and provide a platform, which, which I'm just amazed at every time I think about that.
0: It, it it has been a great platform. I mean, I know it's not over yet, but when I think about what you've been able to accomplish, the people you've been able to reach, the people you've been able to teach, it's been a pretty good ride, i got to believe, David.
2: It's been phenomenal, and uh, I've been so blessed. And and the word is blessed. Now, I don't use that as a cliché. Like, I really know that I have been blessed. I have been so incredibly guided and just... It, for for the for the God Almighty to uh, appoint me to be one of His ambassadors in the outdoor f- field, is very humbling. But it's also it's been it's it's very humbling. But it's been it's been a lot of fun too. Well,
0: and 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 to and, and we've talked about this before to, to be able to work in an industry that you love and have fun along the way there's a lot of people who don't have that opportunity we have been blessed and i use that term intentionally as well
2: absolutely and uh so i'm just i'm just here to try to uh be uh, a vessel for for god and and when i'm obedient now we we're, we're None of us are obedient, as we should be all the time, but when I'm obedient uh, to, to be that uh, vessel uh, that he can work through, and, and it's, I, mean, I tell a lot of people sometimes that when I do get to heaven and I have such uh, peace and, and my hope is when I do get to heaven, one of the things I say to people is, I'm, I want to ask God, God, why did why did you pick me of all the billions? And, why did you pick me to have this special job with real tree camo? But I but then I stop myself and I say, you know what? I think when I get to heaven, it's like that song by Mercy Me. I'm not even sure I'll be able to speak. Uh, I'll be in such awe. <laughs> uh, uh, I say I want to ask him that question, but I think when I get to heaven, I think I'll be in such all. I won't even really worry about it.
0: <laughs> We're talking with David Blanton of Realtree, uh, the website Realtree.com, Realtree.com, on this edition of the Primal Outdoors podcast. If you would like to learn more about Primal Outdoors, go to their website, PrimalOutdoors.com, PrimalOutdoors.com. David, I find it interesting, all the different places you've hunted turkeys, you say you've never killed a bird in South Carolina.
2: State that I was born in, and up in the upper part of the state, and I lived there until I was uh, 14 years old. But now, I, we were not a hunting family back then, but uh, it wasn't until my dad got transferred with his job to South Georgia where I was exposed to hunting. But yes, South Carolina, I have, I have filmed a turkey hunt in South Carolina, but not, but not a harvest. Uh, years and years ago, I did and uh, so yeah right right next door to my home state of Georgia now and, and so I'm thrilled to be here we, we were we were in the birds this morning we I literally was filming a strutter with three or four hens uh, probably 60 70 yards away it just it just gorgeous video uh, but this place I'm on is pretty special down in the lower part of the state so I'm thrilled to be here
0: it is turkey hunting, when you travel from state to state, is it significantly different or is it quite, actually quite similar? A turkey hunt is a turkey hunt is a turkey hunt regardless of where you do it?
2: No, it's different. Uh, you know, you've got the, the different subspecies, uh, obviously the Osceola and South Florida and then the Rios in Texas up through Oklahoma and parts of Nebraska. And then you got the Merriams out west and then the Easterns everywhere else. But generally speaking uh and and the turkeys are different the tactics are different their their temperaments are different um depending on the time of year you know we start in south florida the first weekend in march um and then we move up through the southeast we we just got back from south south texas uh, a couple of days ago and uh and as you start early season, the, the turkeys, the gobblers, aren't as hinned up as they may be later in the year when they get more of their girlfriends with them. Uh, but like that turkey this morning, he was hinned up. It, it varies. It 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 it, it uh, dictates your hunting strategy and your hunting style somewhat. You know, depending on depending on the uh, the mindset of the turkeys. Where and when you may hunt them. It's very interesting. Uh, uh, you run into all sorts of different strategies. Uh, for example, in South Texas, the hens do not have a a very pronounced, loud, raspy yelp. It's it's a very soft. It's almost like a water drop. They're yep, yep chop It's not a real loud, raspy yelp. And I remember years and years ago, uh, when I was out in South Texas with Michael Waddell, we figured that out when they were like, you know, these hens don't yelp like they do back east. And we started adjusting our yelps on our slate calls to mimic the sound of the, the hens in South Texas. And, and we started having more success or more response from the turkeys because of that.
0: So it's interesting. All the time you've spent hunting birds, you're still learning as you go to different areas and hunt in different situations.
2: You're still learning. Absolutely. And 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 just like this morning, the decoys, you know, sometimes we use a Jake decoy and nothing but hen decoy. Sometimes we may use a gobbler decoy. And you take the temperature of those turkeys, um uh, we had a gobbler decoy out this morning, and the the gobblers didn't seem to care for it a whole lot. In Texas, three days ago, the gobbler decoys were vital in the in the gobblers coming in. So it's really interesting to kind of take the, their temperature to see what they like or don't like.
0: I'm thinking too, as you describe starting to hunt your uh, starting your turkey hunting season in March. I mean. David, I, I, you're you're hunting birds three months a year, aren't you, or more?
2: March, April, May—that is correct. Three months. That's exactly, absolutely right. Because we start in South Florida. This year we went to South Texas. Now we're in South Carolina, and then I go to South Georgia in a couple of days for the youth opening youth weekend. And then we start making our way up through Alabama, and and then and then up into to kentucky the middle of april and then over to illinois closer to the end of april we'll be in eastern montana the first week of may we drift down to uh, wyoming and then nebraska and then uh, the second week of may i'll be in mexico hunting the ghouls turkey uh and and that'll wrap me up and of course you know we could go up where you're from up in michigan up through may and up up in Pennsylvania or or, uh, uh, New York or up in the Northeast, you could hunt through the month of May, even Maine. Maine has fabulous turkey hunting now. Uh, And and that season runs through May, at least through May. Um, So it's just, you can hunt turkeys for three solid months if if you wanted to.
0: I'm seeing reports from biologists across the country that are a bit concerned about turkey numbers on the decline. Have you seen that at all in your hunting?
2: Absolutely. Where we live in, in west-central Georgia, we absolutely do not have, in much of Georgia, we do not have the, the amount of turkeys that we had 10, 15 years ago. No question there is a decline. Now, I think there are several reasons for that, one being developments, urbanization, but around the country, uh, a lot of people have less turkeys. Now, not everywhere, like Tennessee, for example, has pockets that they have their record. They have record turkey numbers right now, And but the common denominator seems to be in a lot of these places. Uh, is the no longer do people trap like they used to years ago. Uh, raccoons don't have any value on the market now, so people don't trap anymore. And trapping rids a lot, it gets rid of a lot of the, the, the egg stealers or the, the nest destroyers like raccoons and skunks and possums and armadillos and all the things that scour around and and at nine and find the turkey nest and eat the eggs no no one traps anymore and i think there's a lot more of, of those scavengers in the woods than there used to be
0: so you think it's a predation problem
2: on the eggs mm-hmm. uh, uh eating the eggs out of the nest and destroying the, the nest i i personally no one has the answer uh even biologists from several states will tell you, they don't know exactly why the turkey numbers are down. I know that states are shortening the season, pushing the season back, and and, and decreasing the limit in some states like Georgia and Alabama and, and other states.
0: That, that's interesting. I think of a guy like you who probably, I would imagine, grew up hunting birds here in the North Country, David, when I was a kid growing up, we didn't have turkeys. Turkey hunting here in Michigan is a fairly recent activity, but it's oh, become wow. very, very popular. So the thought of of maybe somehow losing part of this what has become a new springtime tradition in the north country it's uh, it's very concerning.
2: Yes, and so uh, the states are, are are on it. They're 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 doing things to help ensure that the turkeys are protected a little more, hence the shortening of some seasons and and the decreasing the bag limit here and there. And so they're, they're doing what it, we hope works to uh, ensure that the turkey population stays healthy for years and years to come.
0: We're talking with David Blanton on this edition of the Primal Outdoors podcast. You know David from Realtree, uh, the website Realtree.com, Realtree.com. He's been a pioneer in the outdoor Uh, hunting television industry. Again, Realtree.com. And if you want to learn more about Primal Outdoors, check out their website, PrimalOutdoors.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. Have you heard of primal outdoors you might know them as primal tree stands but the company is much more yes primal has hang-ons climbers tripods and ladder stands featuring their famous jaw and truss locking system but they also have ground blinds like my favorite the wraith 270 see-through blind. I've used that for deer, turkeys, and bear hunting. You can see out, but the critters can't see in. Or check out the breeze for warm weather conditions. And if you need lots of room, the new High Roller XL for multiple hunters or even a quad. Primal is now in the trail camera business too, but not just any cameras. Primal cameras are controlled remotely by your cell phone. That makes the Primal Blind Spot 360 perfect for watching your back while in the blind or a runway just out of sight from your stand. To learn more, go to the website primaloutdoors.com that's primaloutdoors.com welcome back to the primal outdoors podcast my name is mike avery this time around a real treat talking with david blanton of Realtree. david is an avid turkey hunter david what's the appeal why chase these birds three months a year what does it do for you
2: Well, for me, I just love turkey hunting, and I always have, and it's been one of my passions. Uh, When I first started running a video camera, I was just enthralled by filming turkeys, just doing their thing, and then, of course, filming turkey hunts. I would rather be behind the camera than in front of the camera much at the time, and it's just one of my passions, I love it. And uh, it's just, I love being out in the woods in the springtime. I love the sights and the sounds and the smells of the spring woods and uh, it's just beautiful weather and I, I just, I love the interaction of turkey hunting, you know, calling and the vocalization. It, to me, it's, it's very, uh, it's very appealing and it's, it's very uh, soothing and peaceful to me just to be out in the woods on the spring.
0: Why the challenge of sitting behind a camera? Is it because when you shoot a bird, it's over, but if you're shooting it with a camera, it continues on? You can do it over and over again? I'm I'm trying to... Yes,
2: to me, it's almost like an art form. Uh, When you're behind the camera and you're looking at the lens, and you are the one in charge of framing up and keeping in focus and and, and really getting incredible footage, like setting up to where your hunter can be in in the perfect situation where the hunter can be in the corner of the frame, uh, you're slightly over his shoulder if the turkeys come in magically the way you want them to it's just like painting a picture, it's like you have a blank canvas every morning or every time a a fresh hunt starts from a new setup it's like you've got a a blank canvas and you being the cameraman you're the one that's going to paint the canvas and 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 how you record it and how you frame it up and it, to me it just takes it's it's an art form and i love that
0: and i think it's cool that you still want to do that and enjoy it at this point in your career you know a lot of guys they start out behind the camera but then they want to graduate they want to be the guy in front of the camera they want to be the hunter and they want to hire some kid to do the video work the fact that you still love this i think says a lot
2: I love it. I do, Mike, and, and it's it's kind of a a, a, a full circle for me, uh, coming back around to my roots, so to speak. Uh, now that I'm, you know, I've been I'm in the twilight years of my career. It's it's just interesting how you progress. It, it's like we were talking the other day with someone when you deer hunt you go through these natural progressions. You, you you first want to see a deer, then you want to try to shoot a deer, then you want to try to shoot a buck, and then a bigger buck, and then, then you want to trophy hunt, and you want to shoot the biggest buck you possibly can. And then on the back side of that is where a lot of these mature hunters like myself are finding themselves where I can honestly say that My goal now when I go on the road, it's not to shoot the biggest buck on the piece of property I'm hunting on. I don't even care uh, if they show me the uh, trail cam picture of the the biggest buck out there. My enjoyment lies mainly in the fellowship of the people I'm with, the scenery, the, the hunt itself, not the animal, but the actual hunt itself, and spending time out there and that's where my entire progression is now, and it's such a beautiful thing to experience because it, it it takes a lot of pressure off. When you're there just to enjoy, and you don't put all the pressure on yourself to shoot the biggest buck on the piece of property, I, I'm not there any longer. I'm, I'm past that, and, and I really am thankful for that.
0: And are you in the same place when it comes to turkey hunting?
2: In turkey hunting I'm all the way back behind the camera where I'd like to be. Now I'm in front of the camera because I host Real Tree Spring Thunder along with Philip Culpepper. And so I'm in front of the camera for that reason, but deep down inside of me I'm my goal like this morning, I would rather be if I had my my pick, I would rather be Looking through the lens of the camera, video in the hunt—that's where I want to be.
0: Of all the different subspecies of turkeys out there, what's the most challenging? Which one is the hardest?
2: The eastern, without question. The eastern bird is is the hardest bird for me uh, to to kill. They're just—they seem to be. Uh, smarter they seem to be uh, a little more call shy they they tend to have more of a tendency to be hinned up throughout the season uh now you get on easterns that are that are hot as a firecracker and they they act like a merriam out in wyoming sometimes but over, generally speaking eastern turkey is the hardest turkey to uh to call in and get really good video out now having said that i have been to south texas and i have been to wyoming and hunted miriams that are historically really easy to call we've been out there before and just gotten our tails whipped by Merriams. so it can happen anywhere but historically easterns are the toughest
0: i've never hunted uh, Miriam, and I hear you describe it as a bird who is, uh, maybe a little bit easier to call in, that gets me excited. I mean, it's that interaction and the, and the response and the bird coming in, you know, for a, for a beginning hunter, man, maybe a Western trip would be a great idea.
2: It, it makes you feel very confident in your turkey hunting ability, turkey calling abilities to go out there and hunt what, you know, the Rios and Miriams, uh, but then again, to to call in a big old cagey eastern is there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of pride in, in that too because those are the toughest turkeys.
0: When you talk about calling, David, how important is that? Is, is is calling is that the single most important part in a successful turkey hunt? And I say successful based on the on the uh, on the uh, perspective of taking a bird.
2: I don't know that the, the the quality of the call itself is as important as the cadence, and the rhythm, but also probably more important um, knowing when to call and how much to call and how loud to call and how quiet to call. That to me separates your good turkey hunters from your great turkey hunters that know kind of when to shut up when to pour the heat on when to speed things up when to be loud when to be soft when to not call at all when to do nothing but scratching the leaves to mimic the sound of a hen feeding uh it's and 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 knowing the lay of the land and how to move through the woods undetected and and when to move, when not to move, how long should you sit there? Do you think the turkey could come in silent? Okay, let's sit here for an hour or two. Th- those are the things that I've noticed that separate the, the really the good turkey hunters from the great turkey hunters.
0: Why not everybody has the patience to sit there for an hour or two without calling or hearing a gobble. That's um, That takes it to next level.
2: That's, that is correct, absolutely, 100%.
0: How long will you give a spot if you don't get a response? How long will you give a spot before you make a move?
2: Well, if I've not heard a single gobble or gobbler and i and 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 I find a place that's, that I know historically has turkeys in it, or I see some fresh scratching or droppings, I may sit up and sit there for an hour. But normally in the spring, you're going to hear at least a gobble or two. They may be distant, but but at least you're going to hear and know where a gobbler is. Uh, That, to me, changes everything. And if you call one time and you feel like that turkey has answered your call, even if he shuts up and he does not gobble again, if you feel like he answered you that one time, one thing I've learned is they know where you are, they don't forget where you are, and if they're over there not gobbling because they've got hens with them and they're, they've are they got to go through the daily ritual of, of mating, courting and mating the hens, well, when the hens get bred and drift off to go to their nest, the gobbler is going to, in a lot of cases, he's going to head to where he last heard you call. Now, it may be an hour or two or three or four, but how many times have you moved on a turkey, made a big circle, and it took a while to get around there, and the next thing you know, the turkey gobbles <laughs> right where you just <laughs> left from three or 400 yards away. Yep. Because he went back to where he last heard the call. He was... He was done with hens, or his hens are done with him, and, and, and he heads over there. So one thing I've learned in my old age is patience is a virtue, and it and it certainly, at times, can really pay off if you can be patient. And then turkeys go through this phase where they just come in silent. They may not gobble coming in. They just come in silent, uh, and it may be because they're not a dominant gobbler, and they don't want the dominant gobbler hearing them gobble. It, it may be that there's a lot of predators like coyotes around or bobcats, and they don't gobble as much because they don't want to give their location away to a predator, and, and they just come in silent, and so I've, I've learned that the hard way also sometimes.
0: And those quiet birds are a real challenge, aren't they?
2: A real challenge, yeah, you better have your head on the swivel and be on your P's and Q's because they'll surprise you.
0: One final question for you, David. How far do you set up from the roost? Are you one of those guys who sits right on it, or, or what's, what's your distance first thing in the morning?
2: Typically, I would say 200 to 250 yards. Now, if it, 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 it varies because early in the season in places of the country, before the foliage is, is in the trees... Uh, turkeys on the roost as it starts to break day they can see a long way so early in the season we typically are going somewhere we're committing to a place before the break of day and we're setting up because you can't be moving at the break of day because there's not a lot of cover as as the leaves get on the trees and it gets a little thicker in the woods and you hear a turkey gobble on the roost you can make it get 150 yards because you know they can't see because the trees are full of leaves. Uh, you also can't hear them as easily either when when it's thick. But this time of year early in the season, if I can if you know if I'm setting up within 200 yards of, of the roost you're, you're in the ball game.
0: Will you call to birds on the roost or do you let them hit the ground first?
2: I would do a soft tree yelp of a hen, but not obviously not very loud because that's what it is. It's a tree yelp. It's a waking up call, and it's a, it's just a good morning. It's very soft, and it's not, it's not very much, especially if I hear some hens around that start tree yelping that are on the roost, then I may... I may tree up just a little bit, a couple of times, but then I put the call down and then I let them play the morning out before they fly down and to wherever they fly down because what you don't want to do is sit there fairly close to a roost and just call and call and giving away your location because... They'll start looking and looking, and if they don't see the turkey that's been making that call over there when they're up on the limb, they're not flying that way. Uh, so the, if you can just call a couple of times and then uh, and just let the morning unfold. There's, there's not a whole lot, as I hit on earlier, there's not a whole lot that I enjoy as much as sitting there in the dark letting the, the day wake up you hear the songbirds first and and then and then you'll hear that the gobblers start gobbling it's it's just amazing to me
0: oh david listening to you talk I, i i'm so excited i can't wait for our michigan opener we've got several weeks yet before it's coming on but hearing you talk about turkey hunting has me ready to go
2: well i hope you have a wonderful turkey season we are we are just kind of getting started in ours we've had a great year so far and uh And to all the listeners out there, good luck and be safe and uh, enjoy God's creation every morning at daylight. Because as his word tells us, God's mercies are new every morning. and, uh, And that's a great thing for us.
0: David Blanton, always a pleasure. Appreciate your time. Have a great season.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Mike.
0: David Blanton of Realtree, the website Realtree.com, Realtree.com, our guest this time around on the Primal Outdoors podcast. I always enjoy my conversations with David. If you want to learn more about Primal Tree stands, ground blinds, and all of the great products they make, check out their website, PrimalOutdoors.com. That's PrimalOutdoors.com. My name is Mike Avery, and I will talk with you next time right here on the Primal Outdoors podcast.